Hey there, this is Brandon D. on Your Loan Officer at RMS Mortgage. The next 30 minutes of the Calcutta Collective podcast are ad-free thanks to me. Welcome, everyone, to the Calcutta Collective podcast number one. We're excited to be here with you. I'm joined by my TCC buddies, Steve and Brendan, a.k.a. Dr. Ricard and Big Fella. Say hello, boys. Hello, <laughs> So we're here today to talk about uh, Steve's trip down to Miami. He uh, was originally planned to go to Scottsdale, and after some unforeseen weather complications, they uh, switched it up and took the trip down to South Beach. So I'm going to turn it over to, to Steve to tell us about his trip. Yeah, so it was Christmas morning, and uh, DeFran and I had been checking out the the forecast the previous few days and it just kept dropping uh, the temperature in Scottsdale and you know why were we going to fly seven hours across the country to play in 50 degree weather I don't know but you know usually you're looking at 60 mid 60s out there and um, you know we were we just weren't going to get that and so when I saw that there were you know $400 flights to Florida I hit up uh, our friend DeFran Christmas morning and he was as usual, down down for anything. So he was he was uh, pretty cool with doing it. I called, make the switch to the flight, and uh, and we we switched everything to Miami, which was a little bit of a bummer because we had some great courses lined up in Scottsdale. But I think we'll you know we'll end up going out there at some point soon. It was a Christmas miracle. You got 80 degree days. You got a little beach action. I saw, so it couldn't have been too bad. Yeah, yeah. We I mean that was the other piece of it is we saw the the weather in Fort Lauderdale was going to be great. So uh, we quickly saw that there was, you know, a few options. Is somebody eating in the back? When you made, when you, no, I can hear that. I don't know what that is. Go ahead. I mean, we can edit that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, or just leave it, you know, so it's our first um, Steve, so when you made the change kind of that quickly, obviously you can change the flights and you can change the, uh, the golf courses pretty easily, but how did you do with, uh, hotel accommodations? Were you able to get something that was halfway decent or were you sleeping with the rats? <laughs> I think, you know, the answer to that question. Uh, so there was, the bowl game was down there this, that weekend, which we didn't really think about when we switched our flight. So we did eight, you know, we ate a $200 surcharge for switching the flights um and then you know looking at hotels we didn't really you know different didn't really want to stay out in the countryside per se near the golf courses he wanted to be where the action is near the beach and uh there wasn't anything remotely affordable there except for this one place called the sea club inn um which had it was a two-star hotel uh but right on the beach oh. and it was <laughs> That's got to be Literally a pretty most, bad hotel to get two stars and be on the beach. Yeah, this wasn't, you know, a topic on our on our rundown here, but uh, it was disgusting. DeFran came, you know, came out of the hotel room to start and was just like, dude, this is the most disgusting hotel I've ever been in. I was like, yeah, it's not that bad because, you know, we stayed at the Tidewater that one time on the Cape Run and it was similar to that, but... Um, we did. We did. Then I went and took a shower and that's... And Defran had said, "Look at the molding," um, and it was it was all black mold, all in like the shower. It, I I don't even want to think about it anymore. 
Yeah, it's never it's never a good time when you go into the you go into the shower and you come out dirtier than you went in. Yeah, it was gross. Um, so needless to say, we try to avoid spending much, too much time in the hotel room, other than just like a quick change here and there. Um, but and you know, onto the golf, uh, which is what people want to hear about. So, um, you know, the first course we played there when we flew in was uh, the Trump Doral Blue Monster. And, you know, we haven't, neither of us have played in a few months. Um, so starting with that course, um, the wind was howling. You know, it was 20, 25 mile, mile an hour winds. Um, you know, you guys kind of insisted that we play the 7,000 yard tees, which ended up playing more like 7,300. Um, and so we, you know, kind of resulted in a tough afternoon for us. I, I think I predicted that we'd shoot somewhere between 85 and 95. It ended up being... Um, towards the upper end of that. I think I shot a 93 and defense shot 94. Uh, and that's with taking max double bogeys, correct? No, we did max, we did max triple bogeys that day because we knew that there would be some, uh, the rest of the trip we did max double bogeys. Yeah. There's, there's um, a lot of water out there. There's a lot of water to be had. A lot of lost, good amount of lost balls. Uh, I, to be honest with you, I hit, I was really inconsistent, uh, hit a lot of like tremendous shots. And, and hit some really bad ones. Um, you know, we paid 225 to play the course, uh, and we started at one o'clock. And we really didn't think neither of us thought it was worth the money. I mean, after paying uh, about the same amount to play Kiwa earlier this year, um, you know, drawing that comparison, it was just such a pristine round of Kiwa, beautiful day. Um, and the surroundings at, at Doral is the thing that really seemed like it just was so chaotic. Um, you know, you're in the middle of the ghetto. There's police sirens everywhere. Um, you know, the, the fountains were loud even. Um, and then the worst part is you got airplanes literally like every few minutes going over your head. Um, couple that with the fact that we were rushed. Uh, we had members playing behind us and they were just pushing us every, you know, every hole. So we played a 7,000 yard course. Did they actually? And shot in the mid, we shot they mid you? We played it in, and we played it in four hours. Uh, yes, they did hit into me and I kind of put my arms up in the air. Um, and that actually makes, so there's, there's a little bit of a story with, with D-Fran later on. I mean, we had, you know, we'd been drinking that day. Um, and you know we get to the we get to the champions grill which is where we ran into uh barstool rigs and uh and dfran says you know what fuck these guys and he walks in duels over to their table and uh and says hey guys i uh, hope you had a great round <laughs> to which uh reaction i know absolutely nuts uh, absolutely no reaction. What was he the reaction? To, he had his back turned to me, so I couldn't really see it. Actually, I think I might have, I think I might have videotaped it. Um, Did he so we'll drink the O'Doul? He didn't touch it, and I, I ended up um, uh, going to grab it from the table and sending it back to the bar and saying it was skunked. <laughs> oh my god! Did they accommodate you? <laughs> Took it off the bill. Um, wow. So yeah, they. they uh, they called us the Odulas boys the next night. Um, so that was just yeah, a little... that's the least all, all Trump can do is you know give you a free Odulas, right? Right, exactly. 
So, um, you know, so, yeah, played, so the course, you know, you're, playing, you're playing a course that, yeah. that had a, a PGA Tour tournament. They had a WGC until 2016. Uh, did it seem like a course that was, you know, worthy of a, of a PGA Tour tournament? I mean, it's obviously hard, but is it is that yeah. different than what the kind of place that you would want to play on vacation somewhere that's like interesting or notable or fun? It sounds like it was just hard. Right. Yeah, that's ex- exactly what you said. It it was hard, um, but it didn't feel like it was that much different from the red course that we played later that day, or frankly any of the other quarter, you know, Florida courses that I've played in, you know, uh, over the last fifteen years. Um, if I had played, yeah, it's too bad. If I had if I had played all five courses or, or four courses that are there, um, not knowing which one was the PGA Tour course, the only reason I would know is that it was this PGA tour courses because of, you know, how hard it was and, and uh, you know, the difficulty I was, I mean, they, it was in great condition. The greens were really nice. Um, it just, you know, it just didn't scream. Like I wouldn't play it again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, spend the money to do it again, but if you're there and you're playing multiple courses, you might as well play it once. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not worth a, not worth a special trip. And, they're not playing. Well, well talk talk about. Workers. Yeah, yeah, they cut it off when Trump got when Trump bought the property. So, but tell us a little bit about Trump's uh, Trump's hospitality. I've never been in a Trump property. What what sets it apart? Is it, is it does it set itself apart, or is it just like another you know ritzy resort? Uh, I mean, the property itself is is really really nice. Um, you know, if I compare that to Kiowa it's it's actually nicer I mean you don't have the ocean but the clubhouse itself uh, the restaurants that they have there um, you know the staff the, the service was all you know five star um, you know it was an eclectic group of of workers um, you know what you kind of expect from a Trump joint uh, so you know, I had I had to steal myself a few coasters from the place. Every single thing you could think of had uh, Trump on it. Whether it was the napkins, <laughs> the coasters. So he was he was certainly promoting himself. You know, the way he likes to. Yeah. Branding. Hashtag branding. That's what he does. Yeah. So we yeah. went to bed. All right. So let's move we on. To let's move on from Doral. Yeah. Let's uh let's talk about your next day. So Friday, you moved on. You uh, where'd you play on Friday? Yeah, so Friday we went to bed super early on Thursday, eight o'clock I think. Um, you know, got a good ten hours of sleep in. Friday morning we played a good warm up course, which was um, just it was right down the street from our hotel, Miami Springs Golf and Country Club. It was kind of a very urban uh, course. There wasn't any water, um, but the greens were awesome. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but you know, as a warm up course, it was perfect if you're you know, looking to play, uh, you know, it's uh, twilight rate at Doral in the afternoon and a, and a cheaper course in the morning. It was only 50 bucks. Um, you know, we, at the turn, we got a five buckets, you know, five uh, bottles of Corona for 20 bucks for the back nine. And they gave us bottles as well, uh, which was just, nice. you know, nice little service that they had on there. They, had, they even had a, uh, a, you know, a bottle opener on the keychain, which was nice because we didn't have one. Oh, uh, that's, that's the mark of a good course right there. Good, good warm up, exactly. a little happy hour kind of, you know, wake and wake yep. and drink. Let's do it. All right, in the exactly. afternoon, so we, we went back to Doral, right? Yeah, so we went back to Doral, which is down the road, uh, 
and we actually got paired with you know one guy who happened to be um, the roommate of one of our good friends, uh, Steve Kelly. Uh, you know, it was his roommate in college. Uh, pretty, pretty small world there, um, and he had some funny stories to tell um, about Steve's days at St. Anselm. So um, he was a great dude, great person to be, uh, you know, paired with, and we had a good amount of drinks with him. Uh, that course itself, uh, we didn't know this going in, but it had uh, six par fives and six par threes. So that was kind of unique to it. Um, also, we had our first Bloody Mary review on that course, which was uh, nice from Marianta in That's well. exciting. Yeah. So we, I had won the Blue Monster course, and DeFran putted his ass off, I will say, in the morning round. He made five putts on the back nine over eight feet. I mean, he was, I've never seen somebody make so many putts. Um, so he smoked me in that, in that morning round. And then we ended up tying uh, the afternoon round, which I, I came back. I was down, um, down three with four to go and finished, finished strong. Um, you know, we, again, we had had a few cocktails. We went over to the champions grill, same spot. We went uh, the night before had some burgers and sure enough, there's a uh, barstool rigs uh, with his three buddies. Uh, so we kind of shot the shit with him a little bit and, um, you know, he, he let us know that he was, he had played the blue monster earlier that day. And, uh, I thought it, I found it funny that he played it from the 6,700 yards and we had played it from the, the gold, uh, considering he's a lower handicap and he was playing with a plus one. Um, but he, yeah, I think he should was he also playing 80. with like a 28. Yeah, that must have been the reason that they that they played it because I think one of the guys was his uh, 24 handicap. I, I mean, we're not saying he's scared, you know. We're not we're not saying he's intimidated, but but we could be saying that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. It, it, we, I didn't get too much into conversation with him. I didn't want to fanboy too much, uh, but um, you know, I did steal his scorecard after after he left the table. Super nice guy. Honestly, you know he um, he you know he remembered my name. I had I had met him in front of the clubhouse the day before. He remembered my name was Steve, and uh, he's like Steve, right? So I thought that was uh, you know a really nice. It made you feel special, didn't it? It did make me feel special. You know, this guys. I mean, he he does have that Harvard mind. So that's that's yeah. true. We forget he was from Harvard. Uh, he was a he was a hockey player there, right? I think he. I think you played hockey there. Yeah. So Sam, if you're listening, uh, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for remembering. Thanks for remembering. It, so Friday night, we you know we took an Uber over to Fort Lauderdale. Yada yada yada. We went to a rooftop bar that night. Really cool. Actually, the place is called Rooftop. Uh, very fun place. I recommend it if you're headed to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it's on Las Olas Boulevard, I believe. Um, a little bit towards the downtown. Also, area. ten out of ten recommend a place called Euro Lounge. <laughs> we kind of went hard Friday night, right? So Saturday, woke up late. We had our we had a round at Jacaranda East over in Fort Lauderdale scheduled, which him and I both love that course. Um, but we got there, and I'm gonna kind of do my course review before I get into the meat and potatoes of Brad and Chad. Um, but, you know, 
the course itself was i think it it might have had some uh fungus or something this summer they were saying and the greens were kind of brown that they rolled fairly true but they just weren't in great condition and the course was also wet which was very weird because we hadn't had any rain the route didn't have any wetness miami like none of the other courses had any moisture issues so um yeah we just didn't think that the course was in the best of shape um so first two holes uh you know we get paired with these two guys um and i'll get into that but you know d fran um struggled on the first two holes i don't think he pulled out his putter on the first two holes we're both fairly miserable and we're not even really interacting with the two guys that we had got paired with uh, and i think it was on the third hole i left my i left my sandwich on you know on the green and the guy was like uh two feet away and he was like hey somebody's sandwich instead of just picking it up and handing it to us so we kind of knew what kind of uh people we were dealing with um but it was a couple holes later that we started to really see what the what these guys were like. Uh, one of them's name was Brad. Uh, the other one's name was uh, Ryan, but we'll call him Chad because it was just unbelievable. So, you know, we got paired with these two guys, uh, and it took us a few holes to realize that uh, the guy Brad was a absolute hothead. Um, and his buddy was the complete polar opposite. Uh, he was like from Northern California and just a total surfer bro. And, um, you know, it was, I think it was around the seventh hole. Brad had made, you know, he had made like a triple bogey and his buddy chat, his buddy Chad is just like, Hey guys, do you mind if I uh, play some light tunes? And we're like, yeah, no, no problem. Go ahead. You know, 20 seconds later, he has the volume turned all the way up on his Bose fucking speaker. And he starts playing, ball with the ball, the bang, the bang, diggy, diggy. We're like, what the fuck? You know, so... I mean, that's knew that these a guys were song. Like, it's just, you know... It's just it's not like tunes. Uh, it's not really sports music. Uh, it's you know, a little aggressive like, for a Saturday morning. A little bit. A little bit. What, uh, funny, though. what were you... <clears throat> What were you expecting, like a little James Taylor or, you know, some Fallout Boy? Yeah, just uh, something a little bit on the lighter side than some, you know, these guys were like headbangers, right? So you saw from the video, uh, you know, Brad's a software engineer, lo and behold. His wife recently left him. Um, I, he's, he had the worst temper I had ever seen from a grown man. You know, Brad was a complete lunatic. Uh, every single shot he thought was, you know, going to be a Tiger Woods shot, and he would flip out on every single one. Uh, whereas his partner was just this cool surfer bro from Northern California, um, and he knew how to needle his his buddy Brad quite a bit. Um, you know, on a few occasions he'd have a few words like, uh, "I think Brad snap hooked to drive," and he would be like, "Whoa, snappy." And, you know, his California surfer boy accent. And then actually, and we were able to record him saying this after the guy, he, he was chunking all his, um, all his iron shots. And after one, he, the guy goes, I told you not to chunk it, bro. <laughs> and it was, uh, pretty unbelievable. And, you know, this continued and it became kind of the focus of our round. Um, honestly, 
I was a little nervous filming the guy because he was, like I said, a complete lunatic. So if he sees me on camera filming him, um, who knows what he's going to do? He's already throwing clubs back at me unintentionally. Um, you know, I've kind of felt like I was a reporter in Al Jazeera. Um, <laughs> to kind of <laughs> move my camera around and make sure that it's not seen. So it, as a result, I think I, I honestly could have gotten some really, really good videos that I didn't get uh, because I didn't want to get punched in the face. The guy was hit, hit. I will say this about the guy. He hit like 325 yard drives. The guy was murdering the ball. I think his, you know, his ex-wife was the ball. You know, I think both of our scores that day suffered as a result of kind of a lack of focus on the, on the golf fortune itself, uh, but it made for a hell of a fun round. Um, you know, the uh, the greens, like I said, they were rolling pretty true. Um, but if I had to do the, you know, do the trip over again, we'd probably skip the skip that course. Would you have played another round with Brad and Chad, or were you, did you have enough of them? Well, it's funny. They actually asked us to play another round, but it was before we really... <laughs> started doing the filming process i mean i'm telling you man i i didn't laugh i haven't laughed this hard in a long time didn't you tell me there was an incident in a sand trap yeah yeah <laughs> one of his shots that i caught on video ended up in a in like the uh, face of a bunker and uh and so he had a tough out obviously and he sculled it to the or you know he uh, shanked it to the right right towards uh his buddy ryan and his buddy Ryan goes, whoa, bro, <laughs> as he's, like, jumping out of the way. <laughs> they were great. They were a great, great crew. I mean, you know, it just kind of goes back to the topic of um, getting paired with someone. And it can really, it can really affect the way you play and affect the, you know, it's gonna, it can make or break your round if you're a twosome and you get paired with two dweebs. Um, but in Brennan, oh, you and I know that it's, it seems like every time we ever get paired with somebody, it's, it's somebody shitty. Um, you know, James, I don't know. We've got paired with a few people. Jack is comes to mind. Uh, oh, Jack was legendary. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a division three all American. Yeah. He was good. Good player. But you know, maybe we can get him on those, the podcast. <laughs> maybe we could. <laughs> I, I think when you get paired with two people, it's much more risky. We've actually had a lot of luck when we've had three and we've had an extra guy. On your bachelor party, we had that kid that was down with his girlfriend who ended up ripping shots with us the entire round. Um, he was cool. But no, All I mean, right, right. Two, we had a two-sum. We had a two-sum down in Myrtle Beach. I think it was the first golf trip me and you ever went on. And we played the entire round with the guy, and he kept picking up our clubs for us and giving us high fives when we had good shots, shook our hand at the end of the round, and then said, hey, guys, you might want to go wash your hands. I've had a pink guy for the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, that was that was among the worst. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but, yeah, it, but it makes some good stories, honestly. Um, it does. But, you know, yeah. I mean, not many rounds. You can go out there and – get a sunburn and conjunctivitis in the same round. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sunday, Sunday was an off day for us, but Monday we uh, played one round at plantation preserve. And I really can't say enough good things about that course. Uh, you know, we love the layout. We loved the greens. Um, and really from the moment that we stepped out of the Uber, it was just awesome service. Uh, 
we had a shitload of luggage from our trip. You know, we had our golf bags, we had our carry-ons, our backpacks. And immediately the attendant there, uh, you know, kind of a middle-aged guy, um, saw that we had all this luggage. It was like, oh, guys, let me take that luggage for you. Whereas, you know, I would say most courses you're kind of thinking they're going to give you a hard time about bringing all the luggage to the course, say we don't have somewhere for you to put this, or they're just going to kind of be reluctant to take it. Uh, this guy was a complete opposite, just a complete uh, service oriented guy made us feel really good. D friends obviously tipped him very big. Um, like he does, uh, the good guy that he is. Bigly? Oh yeah. He, he tipped him bigly. Nice. Um, so yeah. And you know, kind of on to, he, he ended up beating me on the 18th hole. Uh, which squared us for the trip. I, we both hit drives off to the right, but he hit his far enough right where he was in the other fairway, and uh, I got stuck behind a bush. So um, I lost the hole. Um, and then you know we we concluded the round, um, and we met an aspiring golfer, uh, Mia from Rhode Island. Um, and she kind of shared with us her Rhode Island heritage and some of her ambitions uh, of playing on the LPGA tour. Uh, we also talked a little bit about the Bloody Mary reviews, uh, which I'd like to jump over to the Bernard side of things here in a little bit. So first off with the, the bloodies, uh, you know, it was definitely harder than I thought to, you know, we, you know, the first one was at Trump Doral, the blue course, and it was a pregnant lady. And she immediately was just like, no, I'm not doing, I'm not going on camera for a Bloody Mary review. But I think I learned something in there. She's pregnant. Right. Well, good point. Um, She wasn't going to drink, but she also didn't want to. Aggressive act by you to uh, go ask a pregnant lady if she wants to drink some alcohol on video with you. I didn't even get to the alcohol. (laughs) Yeah, I, I didn't even get to the alcohol, but it was. It was an enlightening moment uh, getting denied by, on your first one, right? So, um, honestly, <laughs> if I if I got denied on the second one, I may have just thrown in the towel on it. But that's when we met the uh, unforgettable Marienta, um, who you know you've all seen the review. Uh, she was she was pretty great, pretty good at, at mixing up the the uh, Bloody Marys. I believe I gave her a seven point four. Um, so, you know, yeah, it was low, pretty good, low, but it, low, uh, low grade there, buddy. On your first one. I mean, such a nice lady. <laughs> Whoa. Give her a 7.4. Yeah. I mean, honestly though, I think, you know, you can't start wherever you start your review is where it's going to go from. So, if, you know, obviously, uh, you started at nine, it's not that much room to go up. Um, they also had a, you know, it was just a, a zigzag blend, which is, you know, a store-bought, you can get it at Target, um, you know, whereas I prefer a house-made, uh, completely house-made blend. Um, it shows a little more effort. There was no garnishes. So I didn't get a fucking olive at all. Uh, you know, so she got her 7.4, and she and she did not seem happy with it based on the face in the review. And then I also got – so going back to Plantation Preserve that day, um, I had asked, you know, the, the guy that – uh, gave us all the uh, nice service with the carts um, over the baggage. I said, you know, do you have Bloody Marys out there? He's like, oh, yeah, Megan's out there today. You're going to love her. She loves making doubles. So, you know, it just seemed like a great 
great person, and I figured I'd be two for three for the trip. Um, and then we get out there, and I was just like, uh, you know, Bloody Mary. She says double. I said yep. And I go, hey, uh, you know, we do Bloody Mary reviews, and um, you know, Defran immediately goes, you do Bloody Mary reviews, not we. Um, and I think that might have. She was like, no, nah, sorry, I don't want to go on camera. Um, it'll be sixteen dollars. And so I gave her sixteen dollars and went on my way. <laughs> uh, and uh. The, you know, at the end of the round, I like I said, I met Mia and I kind of told her about the reviews, and she was like, "Oh, I'm a car girl. If you had asked me, I definitely would have done that." So I think uh, wow. I think it's going to be around a fifty percent hit ratio with these things, and I think you gotta. Um, it's all in how you present it. Well, not all in, but I think it definitely makes, you know, makes a big effect on that. Um, I certainly don't want to film anybody without their uh, permission. So, you know, we'll give it a C plus for now. It's it's probably going to go dormant for a while because I don't think there's any car curls at the private courses. No. But that was the trip. That was the trip. Shout out, uh, Mia. Good luck on the LPGA.